0: Live on a Saturday night, big title fight happening in the UFC. But the biggest fight might be on the ice between Michael Bunting and the refing crew of the game tonight. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Let's go around the horn and introduce everyone. We have the co host with the mostest, Mr. D434, Dylan Fournier. Dilly, how's it going? I am doing well. How are you guys? Living the dream and then stepping in. For Pete, I'm inebriated at the Leafs game. They are now 5-1 Heat. Mr. Clark Monroe. Clark, how's it going, buddy?
1: Good. Just tweet it out to jump on the live broadcast, either on Twitter or YouTube, and hit subscribe for Offside Hockey Talk. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's get it amped up. All right. So let's jump right into this right here. The Leafs week that was, was the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I say that because obviously game one kind of went according to plan, 3-0, Sonar looked good, no problems there. Um, The second period in both games, last night and tonight, I touched on this in my video, the Leafs heavily outplayed, heavily outshot in both games. It didn't bite them last night, but it did tonight. Is this a little bit of a we're just coming out of the break or is this a new flipping of the thing for the Leafs because the second period used to be their dominant bit of business and really they got dominated both games in the second period. Luckily Sonar held them in last night, not tonight.
1: Yeah, that was uh, I mean, yesterday I didn't notice it as much um, clearly just because of the goals, simply because of the goals. But uh, tonight was, was terrible. And it's so funny. You say they got outshot because I remember somebody commented, I was doing a live stream tonight. My first one in a while It felt like, um, and somebody said how is joseph wall look tonight and i was like well he hasn't really been tested he's only got eight wow. shots and this is the, this is the start of the second period so like yeah. he only had eight shots against him." and somebody it was kyle uh, our good buddy kyle panicking kyle uh South side Panda. Southside panda top. uh he said uh yeah so like has his rebound control been good and all that kind of stuff i'm like honestly i don't he hasn't really had a chance to test it out he, they're playing really great in front of him and then and then all of a sudden it was like Oh, shoot, it's uh, it's not 2 nothing anymore. Um, so that was – it was a weird one tonight. It was almost as if uh, in the intermission somebody's like, hey, did you guys see that Jacob Chickering got scratched in Arizona tonight? And and everyone's like, oh, and then they just like completely took their mind off the game because I thought the first period looked great. Like I really yeah, – I, I, I right after the first period, I was like, I'm super confident this is going to turn out exactly how it did yesterday, uh, another – really clean victory and just get out of here with a win against a not so good team and um i don't know what happened to columbus if they had michael's special stuff in the intermission or what happened but um they turned into some a whole different team and they just blasted the shots like you said james like after i don't know what it was in the second period for shots exactly 18. like in the specific they had 18 shots in the second
2: At eight yeah somewhere on there
1: yeah so like it was like I, I swear it was like seven or eight in the first and then uh, by the third period, it was, they were into the, almost up, up to 40 at that point, so um, totally different effort from them, and I don't know if maybe they caught the Leafs off guard, or <laughs> what happened there in that second period, just specifically tonight. Again, last night, I didn't notice it as much, and maybe it was just that, maybe it was because Sonar was just playing good, or or something, maybe that had something to do with it, but um, yeah, it's just, it just wasn't messy, and then I think with When you got a rookie goaltender in his first NHL game of the season, I know he's played before, but uh, it's his first one of the season. He's just coming off the All-Star game himself, uh, coming off of a traveling night. I know all of them were, but, you know, it's a lot. And when stuff starts piling up on a rookie goaltender, you kind of notice that a lot more than with a veteran goaltender. Uh, You know, one thing happens and then it kind of snowballs. And I think that's um, one benefit of having guys like Samsonov, who's played as many games as he's had, and Murray, who's played as many games as he's had, um guys like that even if they do let in a bad goal generally it doesn't snowball but i felt like tonight kind of snowballed and just got away from the guys and keith kind of called them out at the end of the game too in the press conference i don't know if you saw the quotes but basically said their compete level was garbage and said that their you know intensity was bad and he can't go out there and play the game for them like he it was not good like that's not when a coach is saying that that's bad so That's kind of where I'm at with the last couple of games. It feels like it's been a year since they've played. And um, last night was – I felt really clean. And tonight was – I thought was going to go the same way and just straight up didn't at at the end of the day.
2: To me, it kind of felt like a completely different game. Like, you watch the first and, like, their compete level's there. Like, they were battling in the corners. They did the puck. And then the second they come out and it's just, like, a lollygag. And, like – you watch Columbus overtake the game, and it's like, why are you playing down these guys? Like, Elvis has not had a good year. And we nope. made him look phenomenal somehow. Like, his his drastic saves at, at points were like, I was like, and he's having a bad year since when? But I noticed a little bit more of a switch put on in the third, but like, I, I really did not understand where this comes from. Like, Wall played great. I think the defense played kind of crap in front of him. Um, I know on the one goal, I think it was the March, Marchenko. I think that's his yeah, name. Hinko, yeah, Marchenko, um, yeah. Thrill the thrill. <laughs> Hall, it looked like Hall had a chance to clear the. Clear the puck, but it bounced, and then it went, it went uh, to his stick and got in. But um, five-minute
0: muffin, baby. That's that's his his specialty, right there, man. It's the hall muffin up the boards, man. I'm not crapping on the guy. I'm just saying that's what I talk about when I say there was a few of them. Has to have that clear. It has to be harder. If you're going off the glass, it's got to go out. Otherwise, I don't care if you got a torpedo, guys. Get that puck out of your zone. But soft clears, it burns them so much, and it's glaring because it seems to happen to one guy more than the others, and that's why we can call it the five minute muffin from Justin Hall because it's legit. And yeah. I hate I hate picking on him because the guy does eat shots for breakfast, lunch. Oh and man, that
2: that one shot he took today, I was like, Ooh. God damn, brother! The one on pa- Patrick Liney I was like, you you took. Every ounce of that shot, and I will applaud you every single day of the week, but your other play is shit, and I'm sorry to say it.
0: Here's the thing, though. Something we saw tonight, too, was the the chippiness of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs a little bit, and I'll say that with William Nylander taking that needless penalty behind the net. Um, didn't need to do it. Uh, I know you're upset or frustrated that you whiffed on the shot, but... That was pretty dumb. But the thing that I want to talk about more than anything, and we talked about this before we came on, is Michael Bunting. And um, these things here really can follow you around. And I say that because, Clark, we've had a conversation off air before about how there is a certain referee that is entangled with Paul Maurice, and it definitely affects the game because there is more penalties called towards that team that said coach is coaching. Now, Michael Bunting, he went out there tonight, and there was a couple things that, yeah, could have been called. Same thing in the Boston game, could have been called. But he's embarrassing the referees. And it was the same referee from the Boston game to this game. So that's why I'm saying, Dylan, there's a parallel there. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, Now, now f- tonight he's yelling at the same referee and freaking out and pointing at him and chirping him and just – just calling him down in front of all the other players in front of his peers. And that referee is now not going to call anything when you're on the ice, whether it's for you or your teammates, yeah, yeah. he's not going to, because you made well, him it, an idiot.
1: And that happened exactly right after that penalty that he got for. Yes. He incident. went right into the
2: corner and he took went, the freaking
1: Yeah. went yep. Right into the corner. Uh, guy grabbed his shoulder, pulled him completely sideways. He fell like, you know, yard sailed into the boards and there's no call on that and it was very visible so like I think that's a direct exactly what you're saying James it's a direct you know this guy just showed us up that was a call but I'm not calling it and uh you know it's it sucks that it has to happen that way like as a referee I feel like you know grudges and stuff shouldn't come into play at that level of hockey I, I I can see it happening at other levels but uh, when so much is on the line every night in the NHL, I feel like that's not a thing. But it is. It clearly is. And it has been. And we saw Tim Peel. Like, he was – not that Tim Peel was holding a grudge necessarily, but when he was calling that game, and the, the quote was, uh, I already called three on the other guys. Let's see if we can maybe even it up a little bit or whatever it was. And So, stuff like that happens. And when you get a ref, you know, getting called out or whatever it happens to be, like you said, uh, showed up or whatever, um, maybe that – we got to even it up quote doesn't happen because he's like, we, we're not even up on these guys for these guys. No, it's not happening. So I'm not I wanna, good.
2: I want to say something that like, I don't, I don't know if this is just lately, but like, if you look at other people like Michael Bunting, they seem to be at like an even level with their temper. Like their temper is always like mellow, but they're always like getting under your skin in the exact proper way. I don't know if it's lately, but i have noticing his freaking attitude and, like, just is, like, on the wire. Like, he's screaming on the bench, like, almost every single game. And he's just, like, a a, a wire, like, ready to burst. And I I don't know what's wrong with him or what's going on. Maybe there's issues at home. But, like, I think it could be an underlining thing, but – I, like, I, I feel like it needs to be more a uh, Brad Marchand type of way to go about things rather than uh, I'm on edge 24-7, and that's when the mistakes and things happen. For Here's you know, my
0: theory for this right here. He has no contract with the Maple Leafs for next year. So what are you trying to do right now? You want to be a part of the Maple Leafs. I don't know what the Maple Leafs have said to him. We don't know what the conversations are. But he's obviously, in my eyes, trying to do too much.
2: Yeah. He's bringing
0: way too much, forcing the issue too much. You know, I made the comparison to Darcy Tucker over on TikTok, and everybody said he's nowhere near Darcy Tucker. When he's it comes to chirping and being a firecracker a little bit, he has that element. But he doesn't have to drop the gloves. No, he does not. I'll give you that. But I think right now where he has no contract, he really is trying to do too much.
1: <laughs> uh, just on that, James, too, I remember, I think it was maybe even on this show, or I can't remember where, but we were talking once about gritty players. Um, and I made the comparison of Pierre-Luc Dubois. So this would have been, I think, during the Canadian uh, bubble, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe it wasn't on the show, but I was talking about it with somebody. And basically, somebody said, I love, I love Pierre-Luc Dubois. He plays heavy. He's gritty. And I'm like, I don't know if he is. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm getting, I have a point here. I'm getting back to it. Just hold on. Uh, I, I feel like Pierre Luc Dubois is, the, at the time, anyways, I feel like he's evolved, but at the time, he was trying to be gritty.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he was forcing it, uh, which came off to me as this guy's a scorer his whole life. He's never been gritty his whole life. He just happens to be bigger than some other guys. Uh, and now he's forcing himself to play that way, and he's not good at it. Uh, And I I kind of feel like maybe Bunting's getting a little bit into that. Not that he's not good at it because we've seen it, but like you said, maybe he's trying to do too much. And it's like, dude, dude, you, you were fine last year when you weren't doing too much. So why do you all of a sudden feel like you have to go Darcy Tucker against the senators every single night? Like we don't need that.
2: Like, I think Um, he's trying to give a thousand when he needs to just give a hundred. Like it's, it's way too much. Like you're, that one time he was on the bench with his face was bleeding. I'm like, calm down, dude. Like your face is bleeding. We understand like get the penalty called. And that's, that's all you did. That's all you need to do for your job. Like, I don't know. I think maybe this trade deadline needs to be a focus on somebody of size and somebody that can take on that role in a little bit bigger of a way to take some of that pressure off of him because he is good at being in front of the net and being, that type of pass. he's good in the corners but when it comes to you know defending your team and let's say taking taking the heat he doesn't always handle it well
1: well and, and i think steve dangle even said it on the last podcast is that his one of his biggest um wants i guess for the trade deadline would be to somebody for somebody to be acquired that can push him down in the lineup because he his his words were something like uh he's trying to he's taking on too much responsibility right now he needs to be knocked down a peg because he's more effective when he's not trying to be that player or not thinking that he has to be that player so that's actually a really good point and that kind of leads to that whole conversation we've had before and we probably might have tonight but of who do they get in a trade and if you can if you can maximize michael bunting we all talk about yarn croak going down into the third line if you can maximize bunting by maybe putting him down onto a third-line role instead, uh maybe that's where the money is. Like, if, if Patrick Kane is in the conversation uh and and we get a Patrick Kane uh, on the Leafs and he's not in consideration to play with Matthews because bunting is there, uh that's a problem, <laughs> I feel like. Uh, I, I think that
0: would be an obvious move, though. I think you'd move bunting down for sure. And also, I think, too, Clark and, and Dylan – You look at um, Michael Bunting right now, his best buddy, Austin Matthews, is not in this lineup. So maybe, you know, at least these past few games, he's really thinking he needs to elevate his game, a la William Nylander, who has taken on huge strides, you know, to look better, perform better. Same with JT, same with Marner. And maybe he's just trying to cast himself in that ilk. Like what you guys said, he doesn't need to do that. Just be the guy, do what got you to the dance, is what the old saying is. You know, he's trying to do one step too many, and he's tripping over his own feet now, and it's not looking good. But the least week that was is a one-on-one week, two games, coming back off the All-Star break, nine days off. We'll take the two points. It sucks because now Tampa is right on our heels, right there. They win one game. It's tied.
1: And Boston lost today, and we decided today was the day to lose to Columbus. Like, what are we doing here, Leafers? (sighs)
0: listen I will say this too about the uh, the Boston Bruins again I'll keep harping on this guys from March 9th till April the 2nd their schedule is the worst in the NHL they literally play almost every other night some weeks they play I think it's like 4 and 5 or like crazy like 5 and 7 it's just nuts the schedule they have like they're going to go through the meat grinder and if they don't come out with any injuries, it'll be amazing to see, and that's when you'll see Linus Allmark really get tested too. So uh, I'm really wondering what it looks like when the temperature ratches it up in Boston. But the least week that will be, guys. Again, not any uh, big name teams. It's Chicago, Montreal, Chicago. Hello, hello, deep dish pizzas all around. Um, what are we thinking, Clark Monroe, for this week for the Maple Leafs here? Games they should win, but the ones they should win are the ones they usually flubber, much like tonight.
1: Well, I'll take one of those times, you know, when you play against a team and then you make a trade with that team and the guy just walks across the hall. I think we got a couple opportunities for that coming up in the next three games. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm looking forward to most. (laughs) No. no, I think Chicago is a team that it's just like Columbus. I mean, they showed the odds uh, for the draft lottery on the screen a couple of times tonight. They're right there with Columbus. I mean, these are two games, and they're not back to back with travel either. Where with a rookie goaltender starting on a back to back night, yeah. um, not that's an excuse, um, but still, they they should win both those games. Now is Chicago on Sunday or when is
0: Chicago? Yeah, the Sunday one? at six. Yeah. back to back, so you have oh. Chicago and Montreal on the weekend uh Montreal first and back. Chicago. Okay. It is a back-to-back with travel. <laughs> Never
1: mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still think, you know, with the with as much rest as they have, I I would think that that weekend is the target return time for Austin Matthews to come back, I would think. Uh because today's the 11th and they've already said before this day that it was about a week away still probably. So, uh that's probably the target would be those two games. Montreal maybe on the Saturday night would be the target. Come um, in
2: against uh, Patty Kane and Kaner's. Like, uh, I got my new American. Name. Yeah, there
1: he is. I'll, I'll hop yeah. over with you guys. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that's that's going to be a huge boost. Obviously, um, there's going to be it's going to be a big week. If if Chickrin's doing the whole thing this weekend, uh, it's going to be a big week of speculation and whether he gets traded by Monday, which is kind of the. What I'm kind of getting the vibes of, we'll get to that in a sec. I don't want to make this about that, but um, just saying that if that's gonna if that's gonna happen, that might cause a domino effect. So we might have a lot to talk about on the Wednesday show, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Seriously, um, there might be a lot going on. But um, yeah, I think the Chicago's the Wednesday game. That's a if you lose this, uh, that would be I think if you lose that game against Chicago specifically, the type of game where you know. We see a we see a ten thirty PM Eastern time trade made type night. Um like the Jack Campbell night a couple of night a couple of years ago or the you know, yeah, those kinds of memory. nights. The the, the Bushkin with Nick Ritchie trade, you know, kind of a a bit of a wake up call, especially with Keith's comments in the in the press after this one. Um calling the team out for a lack of effort essentially. Uh that's a big statement. So yeah, this could be a really interesting week and not have anything to do with the games that are coming up necessarily. Uh, I think it's an important week. It's kind of, it seems kind of like a turning point in the schedule, um, just timing-wise with everything. So there's a lot to keep an eye on uh, that aren't Leafs at, or Chicago at Leafs, Montreal at Leafs, or Leafs at Chicago.
0: <laughs> All right, well, what do you put the week at? Do you put them at 3-0, and do you put them at uh, 2-0 and 1?
1: I'll put him at 2-0-1-1. I think the, uh, one of these games is going to end. up I'll, I'll say the Saturday game will end up in overtime for some reason, uh, one way or the other. Uh, but I feel like the way that Chicago's playing, I think they should have. Especially, We're going to see Peter Morazic, guys. If we don't win those games, oh. uh, <laughs> come on, come on.
0: Peter Morazic, boys. Peter Morazic is what we're going to call him because he's going to be pretty petty against the Leafs and shut oh. the door. Well, uh, watch mean? it happen. Oh, man. Dilly, what do you think, my friend? What are the Leafs doing this week?
2: I was gonna be like conservative and just like say one, one and one, but I'll go uh I'll go two and one. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I feel like Mrazik might have uh that little bite under him to uh get his revenge. And what better oh, for Black Patty?
1: Wells. What better for Patty there. Kane
2: to be like, you guys really want me? And like, just, you know, putting in a little dagger of just scoring a couple under us.
0: That could happen. All right. Leafs win Chicago. Leafs win against Montreal because they want that one back, the one they lost. Oh, and Leafs lost win like on Sunday, giving Joe Wool a little retribution for what they just gave him tonight. United. This week, I will tell you, this team will be motivated. Why? Because Sheldon Keefe is going to light a fire under these guys. And if you're not playing right, guess what they're going to say to you? There's a big old day coming, and you may be the guy going out the door. So show me what you got. Show me what you're worth, especially Kerfoot, especially Justin Hall. You guys are UFAs at the end of oh. the year. So you oh. can go out the door – if you don't want to play up the snuff. You want a five-minute muffin, me? Take your five-minute muffins down the hall. Take it down the hall to Chicago. See you later. Kerfoot, he was flying tonight, by the way. That was a guy that looked inspired. If I had to say any leaf was inspired, he looked inspired tonight.
2: He didn't. He <laughs> I was going to say something about him, but he didn't when he got knocked down. That's
1: all I had
0: to say. Listen, you know what, though? It's not He, he was winning puck battles. You'll he get was, knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down. He was pretty decent
2: on uh, the face-offs, I think. One other
1: thing, too, that I'll just point out that I was reading about, and somebody pointed it out to me uh, during the live stream tonight on my TikTok channel, uh, that Engvall got benched in the second period, and I don't know if he played much in the third. Uh, He got back
0: onto his regular shift.
1: Oh, he did in the third. Okay. So um, that was due to – directly due to –
0: Back, he, he had that. a
1: muffin as well. He gave away yep. a puck in the own end, which led to a goal, and Keith was a little yeah, he, upset about it, so he benched him. So that's not that I don't think that that alone is a reason to watch out for angval out the door type conversations, but
0: no, but, but it's again it's, it's
1: just the fire no, lighter, right? I feel, but, I
2: feel yeah. like you can you can bench a forward way more than a defenseman that blocks shots. Yeah, for sure. Also, hey, I wanted to I wanted to mention Modern
0: Tim has got to get in, boys.
2: Nathan Phillips square practice is going
0: to be a doozy. <laughs> oh right? yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of fun and, you know, pomp and circumstance going first to, to show it all off. But I think Sheldon Keefe is going to be very animated. It's not going to be a fun one. No, I think he's really going to want, listen, he, as well as Kyle Dubas, by the way, holding his phone, the entire game to make himself look like he's into something. He looked like you know. he
2: was taking pictures. <laughs> yeah,
1: honestly, looked like he was filming a TikTok. He was like yeah. holding his phone here. He wasn't looking at the screen. He was he was, yeah. he like was tapping it. it
2: for a bit too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that him right. and the in the uh, wife he
0: got into an argument and he was swiping <laughs> on Tinder. No, listen, no, no, no. He was in Chris Weigel's live under some user 304. Tapping the hearts. <laughs> tapping the hearts. Get, get That's the positive beef fans
1: Kyle Dubas's user numbers. <laughs> That's it. He came into Chris's live and said 1967. That was Dubas.
0: <laughs> <Totally> <laughs> trolling. Just trolling everyone so he knows. But I'm looking for the Leafs to do 3-0-0 this week, guys. The Leafs need yeah. these points. They want to keep up on Tampa. Listen, Sheldon Keefe is not going to let these guys off the hook. He's under no. the the pressure just as much as everybody else in this organization. So he's coming out and saying these things because he expects more. And these guys expect more of themselves. We talked, Clark, you said last time you were on that closed-door meeting. How much you want to bet your ass is probably another one tomorrow before those guys head out to Nathan Phillips Square and figure this out and get things going and get things rolling. And also, I got to think, though, like I said about guys going out the door, you got to wonder how guys feel towards trade deadline. When we had Jamie McCowan on, we talked to him about going towards trade deadline. There's so many guys that start to bobble pucks or get a little nervous. Maybe there's a little bit of that going on in the room, especially when you hear Chikrin. You're wondering if you're the $3.5 million centerman going out the door. You never know, right? Those things all play into it. But Clark's going 2-0-1. Dilly's straight up saying they're losing the game to Montreal. Yeah.
2: I didn't say who. Oh,
0: no. said, actually, yes, I did. Oh, okay. I said Morazic. Okay, well, listen. He's Marazic. losing to Morazic. We're getting Marazic. I'm going to be an eternal optimist. We're winning them all. We're getting it done. By the way, we're also adding chicken and Meyer. So let's go on a run. Let's have some fun. Ah, All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get to the GBU brought to you by spinny sports cards. Uh, they are the generous donors of all of the rookie cards we give away on the prediction seasons and sometimes sharing the live streams, but uh, you probably got your hands on a few of those. Uh, that's not one of them, but that is beautiful. Nonetheless, um, so the good, the good, let's just say what the good is guys. The good is that Maple Leafs hockey is back. Yep. It's nine days too long. The fan base by the end of it was basically chewing each other's fingers off to the tips. Uh, it was gross. It's good to have the games back, something to chew on, something to talk about. That's the good for me, Dylan. What's the good for you? Um,
2: Sammy held us in that game. I'll, I'll give him the credit. He's, he's taking the number one role, uh, uh, very, very seriously, and uh, he deserves it.
0: All right, there's the good. There's the good, Clarky. You What's your good? In the good, the bad, okay. the ugly. This guy's on a heater right now. Morgan oh. Riley is yes, back. Is.
1: Shout out to all the Morgan Riley haters. This guy is scoring goals like a fiend, mm. uh, and uh, couldn't come at a better time. He's gonna, he's gonna get twenty by the end of the year. Just book Let's, oh, <laughs> Let's book it
0: now. Go. Fire. <laughs> yeah. He's he on pace. <laughs> Listen, let, let's go, Morgan Riley. We're all fired up for you, buddy. Um, The bad, the bad for the Maple Leafs, obviously, again, is the, the consistency with effort. You just played these guys last night. Yeah. You know what they bring. Elvis Merzlikens tonight has not been a great goaltender this season for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're a bottom feeder team. Um, I talked about it in the least after 10 last night. They were very easily able to put their foot on the gas pedal in third last night and take the game away. Tonight, they took their foot off the gas in the second. The shots went up. Everything went up. The effort level went out the door. They went down in the game, and we've seen the old Leafs show up. It was sunken shoulders, shaking of the head, looking displaced, really disjointed after they started to fall behind and really lose the momentum of that game. So that, to me, is the bad. Um, anybody disagree with that?
2: Nope.
0: Then the downright ugly. Downright ugly is all the injuries. Matthews and Murray, Muzzin, not knowing where things lie for the Maple Leafs is where where I think is ugly because as fans, as much as I think the organization would love clarity, I think they already have it. But all of us are wondering what's what? Like with Matt Murray, I'm wondering is he going to be out like Freddie Anderson was? Because the Anderson was out and he was only supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. Then it turned into, well, no, he's going on the LTIR because we're making moves. David Alter came on the show that day and said, no, Freddie can fully play. But they went to him and said, hey, how about you heal up a little bit longer? We'll bring you back for the playoffs. They used his space in turn to get Fliggy uh, to go and make a couple of other moves as well. Uh, Riley Nash was another move that they made. They brought him in. So I'm wondering... If there's some of that going on here with, oh, your ankle's not so great. Because literally, they put him on IR and he was on the ice. He was on the ice practicing when he went on IR. So it's, and Kyle Dew has strictly said it. He said, we did it to bring more bodies in.
1: Yeah. yeah that, so, d- one thing that I read too, though, James, just to kind of, I think wow. there's, um, I think there's some rules and stuff that go along with that. Uh, He hadn't been dressed for a game in seven days or something. And I think if that's the case, uh, you're no longer able to just be like classified as out. You have to get put on IR. I think that's or sent down to the minors. I think that's the rule. So I think that was more of a paper thing and I think he can retroactively put him on IR if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he's like eligible to come back like tomorrow now at this point or something like that. So I I don't know if that one is necessarily like an LTIR long term or not if that was more just 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 a short term thing just a you know paper transaction like you said they brought a couple guys up to practice and play and but I think that was mostly
0: did, it. Dubas did say he's over 2 weeks though. He's at least 2 weeks away.
1: You're right. Yeah. He did say that. Oh. So I will, the IR might be a little bit longer, but yeah.
2: I will say like, I would love nothing but his cap space there <laughs> at trade oh. deadline. But I feel, he? I feel like the best thing if he's healthy would be to bring him in and give him more confidence before the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Sure. I think he'd be a lot more confident behind Timo Meyer than he would be, uh, you know, Callie Yarncrook on the second line, just saying, or Jakob Chikrin on the back line, or Jacob Chikrin, sorry.
2: You can still have use you can still use Muzzin's money. Mr. He's you, coming back in the playoffs. He is.
0: Have you guys heard the
1: Gustav Nyquist report?
0: No. No.
1: Okay, so there's uh, Chris Johnson put it out on the Chris Johnson show. Shout out to those guys. Um basically that Gustav Nyquist isn't in, his injury status is such. That he's gonna be hurt until the playoffs, essentially, Um, but maybe not out for the whole rest of the year. And he's got a five and a half million dollar contract. So the idea is, uh, is that if you acquire him in a trade, you could immediately put him on LTIR, which would now this was the Leafs. This is the example that he gave for the Leafs: is that if you put him on LTIR, it allows you to then put Austin Matthews on LTIR and, and accumulate the full amount. Uh, now hold on, not the full amount of Austin Matthews because he's coming back, but the full amount of Gustav Nyquist's 5.5, because the two of them would put them at the exact amount apparently that would yeah. maximize it. Uh, and then you bring Austin Matthews back because he's going to be back, uh, and then you so basically you'd be at a free five and a half million dollars to spend, on top of uh, him maybe coming back for the playoffs as well. And Gustav Nyquist isn't is no slouch. No, nope. um, he, he's a leader too well fair enough i i don't know how healthy he is or how good he is at this point given the fact that he's been hurt so much the last i'm going to say couple of seasons now um but that's another option you know how the loopholes all work out these days where if you acquire him from columbus um and it probably wouldn't be coming back with anybody else it would probably only be nyquist and then you maximize the ltir and then all of a sudden uh if muzzin goes on ltir you're looking at Ten and a half million dollars of salary cap space. And who's Team got ten and a half million dollars? Patrick Kane is who I was oh. going to say. Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick well, Kane. Hey, three three yeah, I no, guess I, 50% I mean, I retained.
0: Then you put Murray on the LTIR. Let's just have, you know, 15 and a half million dollars. Let's have
2: Murray, Kane, and Chikrin.
1: Yeah, now we're talking. Meyer, that's what I meant to say. No, but, I, really I mean, right. that's 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 a little bit of a – a lot of things have to happen and go right for that to actually make sense and work. But just something Chris Johnson threw out there, and I thought if Chris Johnson's throwing it out there, it's not nothing.
0: No, he usually uh, bases his stuff off of things that he's either heard. What Doug McLean used to say, I'm not telling you if it's true, I'm just telling you what I heard. Right, you know? sure. So There you go. That could be it right there. But that would be Smoke very interesting. Fire. Imagine, imagine though the Leafs doing what Tampa did a couple of years ago where Tampa, and they made shirts about it when they won the cup. I mean, Kucherov was wearing the shirt 18 and a half over or whatever it was. Yeah. So, imagine that. Imagine the Leafs being able to do that, bringing in a few top-notch players, not to mention the players that are on LTIR coming back and bolstering mm-hmm. your lineup further there with a Murray, a Muzzin, and uh, a Nyquist, uh, let's go, let's just <laughs> go, woo!
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well uh, right a well, man. It's have crazy. You, are we gonna just touch on the checker and stuff a little bit farther too, or we you are? Yeah,
0: we the, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. So that's the good, bad, the ugly. Oh, okay, right. Uh, brought to you by Smitty Sports Cards. Uh, be sure to check them out over on Twitter. Check out their eBay store as well. Lots of good deals going on. And by the way, the entire podcast, see you up in the corner there. But we are brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co. This is not the puck off Loggerdale, but it is the crafty jacket. And it's absolutely delicious.
1: English uh, brown. Get me a case of that right now.
0: It's very, very good. I will work on that, actually. I've been talking to them a lot about trying to uh, find ways to send stuff. Yeah. Find I ways. I'm going to be enough. at Niagara Falls in April. And you best believe that I'm going to smuggle some of my luggage. <laughs> And see what we can get going there. But, anyways, we'll move on now to uh, around the glass here for the NHL. Uh, we got Monahan's Sports Bar out in Oakville, going to be sponsoring this one. They want to do a live show with Offside during the playoffs. Hopefully, Dilly and Pete can get there. They're willing to host them, feed them, and drink them down oh. in Oakville while the uh, playoffs go behind. And they get to uh, host a live show there before the game or after. However, they can stand, I guess. <laughs> After the game, we might not be able to stand. <laughs> you never know. Maybe all the six and the six Moseys are way down there for one. And away okay. they go. That nice. could be a big old thing. But off the glass right here, uh, the only thing we're really going to talk about is trades because we are in that kind of realm right now. Uh, the biggest one tonight, Jacob Chickering held out of the lineup, not playing against St. Louis, want to keep their asset healthy. Um Jeff Merrick went on 32 thoughts on the intermission said that it's not LA, not Edmonton and interesting choice of words about Toronto though. Toronto said it's not them. So not that they're not in it, but Toronto said that it's not them. So that's a play on words because you're not going to say, yes, it's us and then make everybody else be like, well, we're going to offer a little bit more. And I think the same thing can be said about L.A. and Edmonton as well. You know, you're never going to say you're in it because why? Why would you show your cards to everyone when you want to basically have the best hand at the table? You're not going to show them early. You're going to show them later. So I think right now it's a lot of jockeying for position. But ultimately, I'll start with you, Clarky. Where do you think Chikrin ends up here? There's a lot of links to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We love it as fans, but... Where do you think he ultimately ends up?
1: Uh, so Frank Saravali tweeted just a minute ago. Well, it was like half an hour ago. Um, that there's a lot of smoke around the the Kings, the Knights, not the Knights, the Kings. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Now I don't know if you remember if we've had this conversation or not. I had this big long thing in the summer before Eichel got traded to Vegas. I had this strong strong feeling that Eichel was going to go to LA just because they have so many assets that are tradable and they had some cap space at the time. Then they went out and got Kevin Fiala, ruined their cap space. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that changed a little it. bit. But uh, with Chikrin, $4.6 million, bucks, uh, that, I feel like they'll find a way to fit that in. And they still have all those tradable assets. Um, and I feel like on defense specifically, outside of Drew Doughty, Name me two or three L.A. King defensemen.
0: Can you guys do it? Because like,
1: Jersey, Matt uh, Roy. Okay. Sean yeah. yeah. Jersey,
0: Matt Roy, Sean Walker. There you Mikey go,
1: Anderson's another one, I but can't. like Mikey not Anderson, house, yeah. not household names. Uh, like, like they're not. They're how not dare you but smirch Mikey Anderson like that? And, oh, sorry, they're, they're working not, on like, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, uh, they're not Jake Muzzin, Drew Doughty, and all the guys they had back in the day with the LA Kings. They're, they're a different group now. It's a younger group. It's not as established, as good as they may or may not be. Uh, I just feel like a, a defenseman of Jacob Chikrin's status who can play with Drew Doughty on that top pair and then maybe move everybody else down a little bit, it just seems like a really, really, really good fit. And as much as I would love to see the Toronto thing just for the, just for the good times and giggles, um, I, I feel like LA is a really good fit and they could offer, they could offer Brandt Clark. They could offer Quinton, Byfield. They could offer, uh, Turcotte. They could offer Kaliev, They could offer, like
0: they could offer all these guys,
1: Madden. Uh, they could, like, they have so many Bjorn foot. They have so many freaking prospects yeah. under the and age of first, 22. They? Uh, they have, sure. They have, yeah. Draft picks, I think up the, so like they're, they're so stocked up for something like this and I don't know if there's another team necessarily including the Leafs including Edmonton who can match what LA could potentially throw at, at the Coyotes in this deal so I just feel like that's probably going to be where he ends up uh as excited as I was when this whole thing happened during the game uh as as Dylan called me out for having the crazy eyes um <laughs> that excitement was real but I just yeah I just felt like I feel like L.A. has been raring up for some big, big trade uh, for a while now. And this seems like a really good fit for them. So I'm going to say that it's going to be L.A. And there's going to be probably like three prospects, a really high pick and maybe a roster guy to balance out some money in that deal just because they can. And, And if they give up three prospects, they still have like eight or nine really good prospects, too. So like, they're just loaded up over there. And I don't think people are giving them enough credit for that.
0: Well, one guy that is, he was supposed to be on the show this week, but unfortunately we had a little bit of scheduling conflicts is Dennis Bernstein. Uh, He covers the LA Kings for the fourth period. Uh, He's been on the show a bunch of times and always talks up the amount of prospects they have and how LA needs to start using some of that capital for something other than just watching them develop uh, the Turcots, the byfields. I mean, so many different players that are in that organization that, you know, may not get a shot up higher because of guys they brought in like the denos like the Kevin Fialas. So yeah, it would make sense for them to make a move, make a push. Um, just sucks as Leaf fans because we want to see something happen in our neck of the woods. Um, there has been a little bit of uh, a little bit of smoke towards the name that I've been beating the drum for, uh, Noel Cherry. I've now heard more than a few people mention his name linked towards the Toronto Maple Leafs as someone they might want to bring in. Uh he's also been linked to the Boston Bruins uh cuz he has played there. He went on a run with them against the St. Louis Blues. So that might be something that works out for uh, for Boston. Uh Tyler Bertuzzi another name floated out there guys that uh that, that I would with. accept as a replacement on the
2: first line for Michael Bunting. Push yeah, him down with him. Bunting, I don't think I don't think Bertuzzi's a first line guy. I th- I think he has the grit to play on the first line.
0: Yeah, I think he'd be your fit for your second line though to protect JT. But I don't. But I
2: don't think Bunting. I don't think Bunting would would mind going down for him.
0: Mm, you never know, man. He, he likes getting his cookies with Austin Matthews. That's for sure. <laughs> I In a contract year, especially. Yes. <laughs> Another guy that's, uh, I know Clark, that we talked about this a few days ago now is, uh, is Max Domi. Um, a lot of people were down on him. I, and myself included was not very excited, but then I went and looked at the point totals, putting up some pretty good points. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, not bad on the face off dot. And this is all on a team. Like
1: surprisingly that- good on the face off dot this year.
0: Yeah. And on a team that is not doing very well at all for, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks. So I look at that and say, well, can they maybe polish that diamond up a little bit and allow him to run and be flourishing in their bottom six or even move him up on the second line and allow him to play with Marner and JT. He's got speed. He could put points in and I he can- Marner
2: was coming in that conversation. That's why I laughed because they played here in London.
1: Well,
0: you never know. Why not? Why not get yeah. it done?
1: One, th- one thing I will say about Max Domi is going into the year, I was not overly excited about hit the idea of him. Um, and I put out a tweet the other day. Uh, here's my Twitter handle. I think there's a there's an underscore at the end, but you you get the idea. Uh, basically just that the, I think the biggest reason that like 80% of Leaf fans want Max Domi is because they think he's Max Domi from when he was a Coyote at the beginning of his career or when he was his first year with the Canadians when – He was under the leaf skin every night. Like that was a special Max Domi. Like I would agree that that Max Domi uh, would be perfect. That's a Michael Bunting clone right there. Maybe even a little bit better at it. Um, And he's got the name, right?
0: obviously. And he'll drop the mitts.
1: Right. At the time he was. But if you go look at his numbers on, uh, I think like hockey reference is a really good website for it. Because they show hits and stuff on that website. And some websites don't show hits um since his first season in montreal his hits each year have been like cut in half um like year over year almost like it's gotten lower and lower as his career has gone on his block shots has gotten lower and lower as his career has gone on his penalty minutes has gone down like he's not the same guy i don't know what happened if something changed if he had an injury if somebody talked to him and said listen buddy you got to change your game or you're not going to be in it very i don't know what happened yeah uh, but before this season, and James, when when you said his point totals look great, his faceoff totals look great. Uh, before the season, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't necessarily putting up, uh, you know, forty points in this many games right now. He wasn't doing that. Um, and then he comes in this year. I think he was motivated. Obviously, nobody wanted to sign him to a long-term deal. He was, a, I think, he was a free agent, right? So he signs a one-year yep. deal in Chicago. Uh, on a bad team, and everyone knew they were going to be bad, and he signed there anyways. Uh, and, you know, I think this was a big opportunity for him, and he's shown that, hey, I'm still I'm still this offensively skilled guy, and he's worked on his face-offs. Uh, that's obvious. He's a 55% face-off guy. He's never been a more than a 44% guy. So yep. this is a big change for him. And maybe he's not the physical, like, guy who gets under everybody's skin, but um, – <clears throat> something that got pointed out to me was that we all forget that Max Domi is a type one diabetic Yeah. Uh, and it takes a certain type of person to have type one diabetes and play in the NHL for as long as he has and he's not that old but as long as he has he's been in the league for like seven or eight or nine years now already he's he's been around the been around the block a little bit uh, he's been on what four teams now so like this is the kind of guy who maybe oh maybe I'm changing my mindset on him a little bit and maybe he wouldn't be the worst fit but uh, it also sounds like he's kind of buying in long-term to Chicago. So I don't know if he necessarily – I don't know if he has control over it. I don't think he does. But no maybe idea. he doesn't necessarily want to get traded. Maybe he maybe he wants to stay in Chicago. I don't know. Uh, but it, I have changed my tune on him a little bit. Um, but one guy I just want to toss out there too is Tyler Johnson. And I, I said it in a video a while back on TikTok. Tyler Johnson is a guy who's already got a half-retained contract. So if you half-retained it again, he's got another year on it. Uh, and it would be $1.25 bucks for two years for Tyler Johnson, who's one of the leading point scorers in Tampa Bay Lightning history in, in the playoffs specifically.
2: He might know uh, how to beat them,
1: too. He might know how to, maybe. <laughs> maybe. The inside uh, track. And one one thing I, I kind of had put out there, I was talking about it tonight with some people on my live stream, was um, on top of that whole second line need that I still think exists or the first line need or whatever it is, top six, let's say, um, I really feel like a bottom six centerman wouldn't hurt my feelings right now. No. Uh, I think David camp is m- way more effective. Not that he's bad as a third line center, but I think he's way more effective as a fourth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and if we had a, a bit more, cause our third line right now, all season right now has been Camp and Angball and somebody else which is great. They're defensive. They're two-way. They're smart. Nothing really happens against them. That's great. But then our fourth line is also that way. And that's been a big identity thing for the Leafs this season. But I feel like we've maybe lost a little bit of that offensive push from the bottom six, just mm-hmm. a little bit. But it's yep. a noticeable enough that we've talked about it a few times. And uh, I feel like if they can maybe see, maybe try to address that by pushing camp down to the fourth, and making the third line a bit back to what it was last year, maybe, where it was a little bit more offensive. Um, that might not hurt my feelings, but as long as it doesn't wreck the whole structure of the team, of
0: course. Uh, but
1: that's something I was thinking about today.
0: A guy who looked good tonight was Alex Steves. He did. Double chances, yeah, yeah. battling for the puck. He's not the most diminutive guy, so he can still stand up for himself, push back a little bit as well. Uh, I wouldn't even mind if you addressed the bottom six and brought in a centerman putting Pontus Holmberg on the win and using that body there. He still has a smart, uh, he can swap in off face off dots or take it on a strong side, whatever you need to do. Uh, there's all those different little things that you can do moving a guy in and out. Uh, if you bring in that stuff, um, you know, I look at it like this and say, they got to address the bottom six. They'll probably bring in a defender I know everybody's clamoring for that to happen. Um, I think the Leafs just also, really, really feel that Jake Muzzin might be a thing, guys. I really do. If they don't bring in someone physical, that must mean that they know something we don't. And also, Connor Timmins is a guy that needs to play, putting up points on the back end. By the way, you know, crazy.
2: That's what I was gonna say. Like he he's somebody that can jump in, and if like. If Dubas doesn't make the move, like he totally believes in this or back there, like I, I don't have a problem with him right now. Besides today's game, like that was the only yeah. real.
0: Big well, you hero. got Victor Mete coming back. You got Jordy Ben sitting in the wings. Connor Chen sitting in the wings. That's that's your guy if you need size and grit. Is Ben? Ben can come in and and do that. But that's what I've been saying to everybody. Like everybody's like, you need to go get a depth defenseman. Why? we have you know, to if go if you're going to acquire of them it has to be a top 4 defenseman but that's I that goes him. back
1: to our conversation from a few weeks ago James where i said uh everyone was talking about the big forward at the time and i said i think if we're going to add a big name i think that big name's got to be on defense and add some b level guys at forward if if yeah. anything uh, i, I think, think right now the the is yeah. really
0: exposing your top six for needing more yeah. you got we just talked about bunting trying to do too much Yeah. Kirkwood having to elevate and play out of his depths. Mm -hmm. It's showing that you need an extra top six guy right now. Because if one of them goes down, it's like someone pulled the pin out of it. Yeah, Yeah. you do you you
2: absolutely need it. And like you, you just lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets by a freaking goal. Like you need somebody else that can provide a goal. As weird as it says or sounds, like Matthews. Being out of the lineup definitely opens up a lot our, our eyes to a
0: lot. It does. And here's the thing. Austin Matthews is going to come back, and he'll be rested. He'll be healed. He'll be ready to go. We all know that since the beginning of the season, the Leafs have been trying to find him time off because he's been banged up. So maybe he comes back from this layoff and is A1 Austin Matthews, and he starts sniping goals like no tomorrow, and we're all like, well, no, we need a defenseman, guys, because top six is beautiful. It's it's always going to flip-flop, right? But I think if yeah. you add a little bit more up there, it'll make it better. I mean, so many people saying in the chat that we're blind that the Leafs need a defenseman. I'm not saying they don't need a top four guy. But,
2: but people are saying that we need a depth defenseman, and that's not what we need. That's far yeah. from what we need. We,
0: If you're getting a D guy, it has to be a bona fide
2: top, four.
0: top three. I,
2: I That's what I was thinking. I, I want top three because you either want somebody that can play with Morgan or you want somebody that can play
0: on that side. I want top Morgan. Top I want Morgan Riley with TJ Brody. That's my pair. I like that pair. Okay. That all perfect. I'm
2: saying is caliper-wise, you need somebody. No,
0: I know. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just that saying. That can, can either
2: know. run their own line or somebody that can play alongside. I would, love to, that me,
0: I would love to see a Geo-Chickron pair. Because Gio would be your stay at home, safe guy. <laughs> yes. Stay at home, safe guy. And Chickering would be able to do his Morgan Riley esque offensive stuff. By the way, the reason why I'm now really in this Chickering realm here, when they said on the broadcast tonight that Morgan Riley, Riley's power play goal was the first Leafs defenseman power play goal this season, that made me go, whoa, they need a little bit of help. They need a little bit of some from some. and he has how many goals? I think he has like 10 or more. No, 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 not Riley. I mean, Chickren. Oh, Chickren, yeah, he's got a lot of power play points, let's put it that way. Yeah. And he also can help feed, but again, Morgan Riley was a Morgan Riley was not here. Morgan Riley was injured. We don't know how injured he was before, etc. 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 He does look like he's taking strides to getting back to himself, guys. How long did it take Rasmus Sandin? To be Sandman again, missing camp. It took him a couple of months yeah. before missing he camp was or
2: missing camp. Oh, <laughs> but... Maybe both.
1: Maybe both.
0: All right, I think that's the perfect spot to wrap her up right there. Um, Clarky, where can everybody find you, just in case they don't know?
1: Right here, generally is a good place to go. Uh, at producer Clark, it's pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, hit me up on TikTok and and Twitter and uh shout out to the sjhl as well i'm doing a lot of work with the saskatchewan junior hockey league if you guys wouldn't mind if anyone's listening and wants to head over subscribe to that youtube channel as well and uh, all the other social media channels that we got we're uh, pumping out a lot of awesome stuff for them as well so that's been a a big thing for me this year but yeah that's a couple of places you can go
0: we love it man i always pump that stuff up it doesn't matter dilly can do all the pumping he wants over there but we're going to talk about sports cards over on youtube yes and Come to my TikTok tomorrow at
2: 2 p.m. I am doing Mystery Packs.
0: Mystery Packs during the Super Bowl.
2: No, before the Super Bowl. All
0: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will be probably back on Tuesday as Pete the Heat has a work engagement on Wednesday. The Leafs also play a hockey game then. Hopefully, we can get Mr. Producer Clark back on a Tuesday night. We shall see. Um, I know that Mr. Dylan Fournier will not be there because he will be working. But it will be what it will be, ladies and gentlemen. Take this loss for what it is. They came back from a break. They looked a little bad tonight. It was a fluky high stick goal. Don't dwell on it. Lots of runway left. The Leafs are still one of the top five teams in the NHL. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.